All right. Good morning. My name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries, a ministry that is called to encourage, equip, and challenge the people of God. Today is uh, July the 29th. Hope that you can hear me well. Good morning. Uh, Today we're going to begin our study in Acts chapter number 13, uh, verse number 43. That's where we left off last time, Acts chapter number 13, verse number 43. Let's looking for context here. Verse number 38. Remember last time we got together, last couple times we've been together, we've been discussing how that uh, Acts 38 and 39 is the first clear presentation of the gospel of grace in the book of Acts, as far as I can discern. Remember now, we believe that the book of Acts is a book of transition. So we are moving from Peter to Paul, we are moving from kingdom to grace, we are moving from Jerusalem to Antioch. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. We talked about a little bit last time how forgiveness and remission um, are different. Uh, I believe that remission is more applicable to the gospel of the kingdom. Forgiveness is more applicable to the gospel of grace. We looked at that definition, something I'm just kind of working through on my own. There's things that I get challenged with uh, that I'm just not ready to commit to, but they do make sense. Um, And then notice verse number 39, And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified in the law of Moses. So here, for the first time, clearly we are moving away from the law of Moses for justification. Previously all justification came through keeping the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Um, Again, he's going back and he's quoting from Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse number 5. And bear in mind, he's not referring to the gospel um, Habakkuk had no idea what the gospel of grace is. Remember, we talked about that. We can't take an Old Testament passage and make it say something new in the New Testament. It means exactly what it says, regardless of when it is quoting. Paul is simply reminding his audience here that God is capable of bringing judgment down on those who, who refuse to follow, um, which is what happened to the nation. Um in 70 AD, uh, under the Romans, just as it did in time past under Habakkuk uh, with um, the Babylonians. Now notice in verse number 42, And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, and the Gentiles brought these, besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. So here we see conclusively that Jews and Gentiles were in the synagogue and they were listening to the gospel of grace. Um, And bear in mind, this is the first time where Gentiles now have hope. Ephesians 2.12 tells us, And at that time you were without Christ, you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant's promise, having no hope without God in the world. And now Paul is giving them this gospel of grace. And they want to hear more about it. 
And verse number 43, now when the congregation was broken up, uh, many of the Jews and the religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Now, after the service was over, they continued to persuade. Who were they persuading? Both Jews and religious proselytes. Those religious proselytes would have been Gentiles, Hellenes, as they are called. They were people who were interested in converting over to or had converted over to Judaism. Convincing them of what? Forgiveness of sins to all that believe and are justified from all things that could not be justified in the law of Moses. That what That's what they were talking about up here in verses 38 and 39. And notice that they were still meeting on the Sabbath. Why? Still under the law. The First Baptist Church of Jerusalem was not there yet. Um, and then notice in verse number 45. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against these things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. And here come the Jews with envy, and they're contradicting and they're blaspheming. Now, obviously, what Paul was preaching was different, or they would not have responded this way. And blaspheming can be speaking of them working against the Holy Spirit, or it could be them working against the Apostle Paul. In the context, I'm just not sure. Uh, I think that it's referring to speaking against Paul because it says they're contradicting Paul. Now, bear in mind, Paul here is sharing the gospel of grace. And of course, they're saying that contradicts the gospel of the kingdom that had been preached uh, and blaspheming. Contra the gospel of the kingdom required works Paul is saying, you don't have to do that. All you have to do is believe, and you can be justified from all things outside of the law of Moses. So they're contradicting him, and they're blaspheming him. Blaspheming meaning they are speaking evil of the apostle Paul. Now notice in verse number 46, Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing ye put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee as a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. So the word of God was preached to the Jew first via the kingdom gospel under the hopes that they would accept it, and that they would be a light of the Gentiles that God desired for them to be. This is spoken of over in, in Isaiah chapter number 49, and he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant, to raise up through the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the ends of the earth. That's the verse that Paul is referring to. Paul here again is not twisting the Old Testament verse in an effort to apply it to his own ministry and his own calling. 
Remember that we've already said that when Old Testament scriptures are quoted in the New Testament, the original meaning cannot be construed to say something else. So there's no way that this verse had Paul's ministry in mind, no more than Habakkuk chapter 1 verse number 5 had Paul's ministry in mind. However, he is saying it in that that by now um, he knew that God was going to use him to do what the Jews refused to do. In God's original plan, he wanted the Jews to be a light to the Gentiles. He wanted them to take that message of salvation to the ends of the earth. And now Paul is saying, I am called to do that. You remember when he was called on the Damascus Road and Ananias, God told him he's going to He's going to speak for me to Jews, to kings, Jews, and Gentiles. So he's just saying here that I'm going to do what you failed to do. Notice also that he said it was necessary that the word have word should have been spoken. It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. Now, Paul also stated in Romans chapter 1, verse number 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, grace gospel, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So it seems to me that from this and coupled with Romans chapter 1, verse number 16, um, that not only was the kingdom gospel taken exclusively to them, Jew first, then the Gentile, that was the plan, take it to the Jew, the Jew repents, they turn, and then they would be the ones that would take it to the Gentiles, just as it's saying here in verse number 47. But also Paul attempted to take the gospel of grace to the Jew first, because everywhere that Paul went, he always went to the synagogue first. You know, and some will say, well, he went to the synagogues because that's where the religious type were all gathered. Well, I believe that Paul had a heart for the Jewish people. He said that he would be accursed if it would mean the salvation of his own people. Paul wanted to take the gospel to them too. He went to the synagogues first. But in the end, he says, you have proved yourselves to be unworthy of everlasting life. You've rejected two gospels. <laughs> You've rejected the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of grace. Uh, of course, these are the, these are the only people uh, that could have done this, rejected two gospels. They were alive for the presentation of both, and they had rejected them both. The nation was continuing to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, which is was the sin that in its truest sense only Israel could commit, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. They began that blasphemy on the day of Pentecost uh, when they did not heed the message of Peter. They continued to blaspheme. As they didn't heed a second message, they continued to blaspheme when they had Stephen stoned as a nation. And bear in mind, the gospel of the kingdom was not an individual salvation like the gospel of grace is. 
the nation had to repent in order for the king and the kingdom to be accepted. And the nation did not. The gospel of grace is not a national salvation. It's an individual salvation. Now, therefore, Paul, under the direction of God, says, I'm going to go to the Gentiles now. It's almost as if something clicked with the Apostle Paul. My desire will be to reach the Gentiles going forward. Now, that doesn't mean that Paul didn't still continue to go into the synagogues. Now, his motivations may have changed. He may have realized from that point forward that the Jews were not going to accept the gospel of Christ, that they would continue to haunt him and to try to persecute him and and contradict him and blaspheme him. Uh, But that's where the religious folks would go. That would be where the, quote, seekers would be. That would be, you know, when you go fishing, you go where the fish are biting. You don't go where they're not biting and waste your time. You go where they are. You know, I'm a recruiter, and I recruit um, Christian teachers. I don't recruit shallow, name-only Christian teachers. I recruit teachers who walk the walk and talk the talk. Therefore, when I go fishing, (laughs) when I go recruiting, I go where most of them are, okay? And most of them are not at the state universities. They're not there. Most of them are at Christian universities, and not only Christian in name only universities, but in Christian universities where the Word of God is still being taught. So I go where the fish are. I go where they're biting. It's just easier for me. It's less exhausting for me and for them. I don't have to get two minutes, five minutes into a conversation and realize that the only Christianity this guy has is that from his parents or Sunday school that he went to or what he's read in a book. So I tend to gravitate toward very strong, unapologetic, Bible-believing Christian universities. Because that's where the fish are. And I think Paul, in the truest sense, that's what he did. He went where the fish were. And the fish were in the synagogues. Okay. Now notice in verse number 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all of the region. A couple of things here. And when the Gentiles heard this, this word Gentiles here in verse number 48, and when the Gentiles, okay, the ethnos, uh, when, when um, it's speaking of non-Jewish, okay, so this is not the Hellenists or the Hellenistas, these are not Greek-speaking Jews, uh, these are non-Jewish people who are listening, they've heard this, and now they are glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained, that's an interesting word that I spent quite a bit of time on. The word ordained is not a case for Calvinism or predestination. 
as some would say. Instead, it just means, the word literally means, to arrange in an orderly manner. And of course, this happens as the word of God is taught. People get their stuff together. (laughs) Ordained. It means Paul is doing it a certain way and they responded. They responded in a certain way. It just means to arrange in an orderly manner. And that happens as the word of God is taught. They begin to get, you ever heard the old expression, excuse me, get your life right, get right with God. That's what's happening. As it is done, as the word of God is being preached, people choose to believe or they choose not to believe. They begin to fall into place. They begin to pick a side. It's not an altar call. Um, It's not an altar call or a sinner's prayer. It's just a belief. Okay, It's just a belief. People either believe or they don't believe. They either fall in line or they don't fall in line. They either submit or they fight. That's what the word here, I believe, in the, in the text is referring to. Again, it is not a case for Calvinism or predestination. I categorically reject uh, that. Um, it's just believing, okay? Um, and again, I've mentioned this before, you know, the whole sinner's prayer thing. That's not required for salvation, okay? The whole coming forward as the piano and the organ or the, the worship team in the back with the lights, you, you know, the lights down low. And, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, maybe I'm just getting old, but I just think you need to turn the lights on. I, I don't understand this whole let's set around in the dark to the flickering candles, you know, as the piano gently plays and, and the worship leader moans in the background and everybody's swaying. I just think so much of what we do in the church today is carnal. It's flesh. We're trying to whip up the Holy Spirit. We've carried way too much over, even into, quote, evangelical churches from charismatic Pentecostalism. We've just, it, we, it's, it's mushy. It's, uh, it's fleshly. We gotta, we gotta set the right tone. We gotta, we got to get the candles just right. Can you imagine? Um, trust me in Jesus's day, if they were in the dark, it's because they didn't have electricity. Yeah. If they had candles, it was because they just wanted to see. It wasn't because they were trying to set some kind of ambiance so the Holy Spirit can come. Um, We just turn the lights on so we can actually read our Bibles, so we can actually see each other. The Bible's got a lot to say about darkness and light. Um, And, and, you know, it's it's, it's pretty negative when it comes to the issue of darkness. Uh, We're not children of darkness. We're children of the light. I, 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 I got my... I got my dithers when it comes to that. I I just think we're moving in the flesh in so many ways. So point here, once they believe, they've chosen a side. Or once they choose not to believe, they've chosen a side. And again, it's not about a manipulation. You know, the whole sinner's prayer, dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I ask for forgiveness. That, 
just when one believes, that's understood. That's understood. And I understand why we came about with the altar call historically, looking at church history as a way to make people understand what they're doing. But they know what they're doing. You know, it, it needs to be followed up with discipleship. They know when they believe. They know when they've been miraculously reconciled. They know when that's happened. And they'll move forward in that. So, And it's not water baptism. It's not speaking in tongues. It's just believing. And that's what was happening here. They simply believed. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad, glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And what happened? The word of the Lord was published throughout all of the region. They began to take the word out. Paul wasn't the only one with this gospel of grace. He shared this with others. They shared it with others. They shared it with others. And you and I are sharing it with others today. Let's go ahead and finish this chapter. And then notice in verse number 50 through 52. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas. And they got thrown out again. (laughs) They were expelled out of their coast But they shook the dust off their feet against them and came to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. And like clockwork, the Jews come out against him. They contradict him. They blaspheme him. And again, why? Because they rejected his message. His message was so different. They worked against him. And as a result, he shook off the dust from their feet against them as a testimony to their rejection of the truth. In Acts 20, verse number 26, Paul said, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. It's almost as if Paul is saying, I've given it to you. You do what you will with it moving forward. So that's chapter number 13. Very big chapter for sure. So... Um, anyway, tomorrow, uh, we'll get in chapter 14, chapter 14. I've been studying it for quite some time. There's some elements in the, in the chapter that are very challenging, but we'll go through those things together. And, uh, let's see, Scott, God bless you, brother. I bet it's rare today to find a rightly dividing Christian teacher. Uh, yeah, you got that right. Uh, for sure. Um, it, it's, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. It's tough. I mean, it's just most of the churches don't do it. You know, um, the colleges don't do it. So, yeah, it's very rare. Uh, we just look for someone who's um, who believes the Word of God and uh, has been, as we say, born again. That's another word that I'm beginning to struggle with. Uh, the word born again is referring to the nation of Israel, um, but uh, that's another Bible study for another day. <laughs> All right. Well, God bless you. Hope you have a great day. And remember, God loves you and wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good. And I'll see you tomorrow morning at 630. God bless you.